Welcome to the Inner Green Deal podcast, the podcast for sustainable, compassionate leadership. I'm your host, Tom Weimann, and I'm glad that you're with us for this special episode. As we're completing our coverage on COP26, we would like to start with a collage of recordings from two weeks of COP26, giving you a little bit of context. The, the tragedy is, this is not a movie. And the doomsday device is real. And the clock is ticking to this that is the most important fight of our lives. And this is our problem. We have two pathways. If working apart, we are force powerful enough to destabilize our planet, surely working together, we are powerful enough to save it. I apologize for the way this process has unfolded. Um, and uh, I'm deeply sorry. The atmosphere doesn't care about commitments. It only cares about what we put into it. But for heaven's sake, don't kill this moment by asking for more text, different text, deleting this, deleting that. I also that. understand the, the deep disappointment. But I think, as you have noted, it's also vital that we um, protect this package. In my lifetime, I've witnessed a terrible decline. In yours, you could and should witness a wonderful recovery. That desperate hope, ladies and gentlemen, delicate, excellency, is why the world is looking to you. So I please implore you, please embrace this text so that we can bring hope to the hearts of our children and grandchildren. They're waiting for us. They will not forgive us if we fail them today. Our planet has been wounded by our actions. Those wounds won't be healed today or tomorrow or the next. But they can be healed. But I want all of us here, every single one of you, to just for a minute think about one person in your life, one person only, that will still be around in 2030, and how that person will live if we do not stick to the 1.5 degrees here today. As we edited this podcast a few days after the closing of the summit in Glasgow, we knew how the Conference of the Parties ended. In many ways, it felt short of the needs of our planet and those in the most vulnerable places. On the other hand, if we accept that the UN Climate Conference is not a Big Bang solution, but rather a process, we can perhaps appreciate what did happen, how two weeks of Glasgow accelerated that process, and how leaders from every part of the world came together, listened to each other, concluded an agreement for now, and agreed to continue the acceleration of the process in years to come. In this episode, Jeroen hosts a panel at the EU side event of the UN Climate Conference COP26. You will hear three speakers from this event, all reflecting on the leadership qualities that are needed now to help us move from words to action. With perspectives from academia, government and business, these three leaders help us to explore how to lead despite any results from climate conferences. The recording was done from the live feed of the event so please kindly excuse if the audio quality is reduced a little at times. Let's listen now to our guests. 
starting with a brief introduction by Inner Green Deal co-founder Jeroen Jans. We are going to explore what leadership skills and qualities are most needed now and that can help us connect with our communities and turn words into action and turn science into action. And to bring this to life, we have three distinguished guests, three distinguished leaders from three crucial domains, academia, government, and business. Let's start with our first guest, Christine Wamsler. Christine Wamsler is professor at Lund University Center for Sustainability Studies in Sweden. She is at the forefront of research of the skills and qualities that are essential for sustainable climate action and has over 25 years of experience working in sustainable development, climate change and transformation. Welcome, Christine, and over to you. Thank you, Jeroen. It's a pleasure to be here. Most attention here at the COP is oriented towards external factors, wider socioeconomic structures, technology. These are all aspects that focus on our external world. We know that such one-sided approaches do, however, not catalyze the necessary change. So if you want to see change in the world, the root causes of the problem must be addressed, the mindset out of which the climate crisis has arisen. This involves our beliefs, values, worldviews, and associated inequalities in other words, our cognitive, emotional, and relational capacities. So our tendency to think short-term, to think of ourselves as rational beings separate from each other and separate and superior to the rest of the natural world is driving the crisis and blocking us from real transformation. And selfishness, greed, and apathy are concrete examples. It is therefore becoming increasingly clear that climate change and other sustainability challenges are in fact internal human crises. They are the result of our human story of separation or disconnection, which is clearly visible in our unquestioned principles of consumption and growth, for instance. So returning to your question, what are the human qualities that we should cultivate and how can we do this at, at scale? Based on a large-scale empirical study of the International Climate Conference, COP25, and also a review of existing research in the field, we have identified five clusters of so-called transformative qualities or so-called inner sustainable development goals. They relate to people's sense of awareness, uh, connection, insight, purpose, and agency. And they foster open-minded, relational, and action-oriented attitudes that are crucial in addressing the climate crisis. So to nourish transformative qualities at scale, we need to support and develop related learning environments and practices. And at the same time, we need to integrate related considerations into our organizational structures, mechanisms, and policies, such as performance frameworks, in order to create the conditions for a new, more sustainable narrative to emerge. Earlier this year, we reviewed a two-month climate leadership program with more than 100 leaders from around the world, including decision makers, from the European Commission, large multinationals, and NGOs. And the program was part of the Inner Green Deal initiative, 
And we found that the human quality with the strongest link to pro-environmental action taking at both individual and organizational levels was compassion. It helps to be in touch with what deeply matters and to take action. This is not to say that other qualities are unimportant, but if I had to share one key finding, it would be the importance of compassion in overcoming the narrative of separation and supporting other transformative qualities that then together lead to increased climate action. So in conclusion, I would like to highlight the urgent need to support transformative qualities to address the underlying social paradigms that are at the root of climate change as a complement to our predominant external technological and information-based approaches. Very insightful. And I would encourage viewers and listeners to read the research of uh, Professor Wamsler and a link will be made available in the chat or show notes of this event. So thank you, Christine. And our, our next guest now is Clara de la Torre. Clara de la Torre is the Deputy Director General for Climate Action in the European Commission. Prior to her appointment in 2019, her professional career focused on research and innovation, working for over 30 years at the European Commission's DG Research and Innovation and the Joint Research Center. Welcome, Clara. We're delighted that you could join and are very curious to hear from you about the leadership qualities that are needed in your view to address the climate crisis. Thank you very much, Jeroen, and good afternoon to everyone from Brussels. I wish I was in Glasgow. When moving from the, the, the field of research and innovation to the field of climate, where I've been working for a couple of years already, there are a few things that, that, uh, that strike me. First, uh, the multidisciplinary nature of climate policy. We need to combine different ways of thinking, different ways of, of approaching the challenge. And we need to make clear distinction between the facts and the science which is underlying climate policy, which I think by now is not really contested, is not credibly contested, and the way in which we respond to it. Because there is, 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 is the place where we need to discuss and find an agreement on. So that's the, the, the first thing I, I, I saw. Then Professor Wamsler was, was, was saying that all that very well. It's our mindset, our tendency to think in short term, because this is not only part of the problem, that I say is the heart of the problem. And it's understandable that each of us, we are worried about our everyday life, short term uh, problems. But as decision makers, we need to think about the long term term perspective, the long-term effects of the decisions that we take. Therefore, this long-term perspective, which is a special mindset, which is not spontaneous to the human, to the human being, I think. And uh, we need to change behavior. Professor Absar was saying that very well. We have to undergo a transformation which is very deep in the way we act, in the way we produce, in the way we live. And this uh, change of behavior cannot be uh, made in isolation by leaders. It has to be uh, done in, in, in coalition with everyone, listening well and communicating well. 
So if I link that to your the question about the qualities, the, the, the leadership qualities that, uh, that are needed in climate policy, I would start with the one that I would call courage and determination. It's courage to act because we know, we know that we have to act, that it is urgency, there is little time left. And this is at the heart, this courage and determination is at the heart of our uh, European Green Deal, which is our strategy for growth and well-being. And um, it, it is there to show the willingness to act and to follow on with in difficult and complex decisions that need to be made. And I hope that this is, I'm sure, this courage and determination is also very present in current scope. Um, we also need to be purpose-driven. And uh, this is a very important quality, and, I would, and, and I'm lucky to observe it around me very much. I suppose this is something which applies to to, 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 to people working in global challenges like health, like uh, human rights, like uh, age development, and certainly in climate change. And the teams I'm working with uh, have a real sense of commitment, a sense of purpose, and they, we realize that what we do matters. And the way in, in which we do it, how we do it matters as well. There is a more personal dimension in these um, leadership qualities, which is the personal values and the sense of integrity. How do I, as a citizen, uh, how am I coherent with what do I have to do as a professional? So uh, we, we have this double capacity, each of us, and, I, and these need to be coherent. So how can I, in my personal life, be coherent with what I'm supposed to be doing in my professional life? when I'm working in climate change. And at the same time, how can I turn my personal values into values which are to the service of the public interest, because this is why we're civil servants, and serving the needs of the citizens. So it's a, it's a continuous personal fight there. And finally, Professor Basler said that very well, compassion, empathy are very important uh, and very human and very human values. Because this challenge, that we have to face and the transformation that it needs, needs to have everyone with us, needs all the European citizens, all the world citizens with us. And for that, we have to cultivate this compassion, this empathy, because we need to design solutions which we all feel, which we all, so we have to listen well, we have to think of everyone, not of those that shout most or those that happen to be close to the, to the power. We have, we can't leave anyone behind. This is not only a slogan, this is a reality of what we have to do. So we have to to bring in everyone because we need for at least parts of the policy collaborative and, uh, and participatory approaches that, that will help us in, in addressing the, the, the challenges that we have. So in conclusion, um, those of us working and leading in climate change as a fully convinced European, I can tell you that's, that's a huge responsibility. We are conscious about um, the fact that we have that we make a difference to the life of others and what we do, how we do it, and with which competencies we do it, it is really important. And I'm happy that we are reflecting about these values and about these skills in this in this scope. Thank you, Jeroen. Thank you, Clara, for your passion and for your um, inspiration. 
and for taking the time out to, to join us today. I'm really uh, grateful. Now, uh, listeners, if you uh, want to know more about the work of DG Klima, please go to the website of the European Commission, and a link will be made available in the uh, chat and show notes now. Now, we're moving to our final guest, uh, another special leader. Uh, her name is Eva Carlson. Eva is the CEO of Houdini, a Swedish outdoor brand. She has led Houdini since 2001 and is a recognized and award-winning leader in sustainability and the circular economy. Welcome, Eva. We are very curious to hear from you about the leadership qualities that are, in your view, needed to address the climate crisis. Well, first of all, thanks for uh, inviting me and connecting to some of the things that Christine and Clara has mentioned already. I think uh, for a company, it's extremely important to take a holistic approach. And that is absolutely core at Tudini. We've, for instance, used the planetary boundaries framework to assess our impact rather than only looking at carbon. Uh, and we cannot stay there. We have to also understand how we can look at social and ethical impacts. Back to the human perspective, I am a mother, not only a CEO. And I think that for all of us in the business world, we need to be both at the same time. We cannot take on a, a suit when we go to work and forget about our motherhood, but rather stay the same in both environments, so to speak. And that is uh, pushing boundaries, I think. It's not, it's not comfortable in the context of business today to, to take that approach, but I think for us it's been given. We've been working with circular and the transformation to circular since 2001, and we've come very far, but in dialogue about the transformation or transition from linear to circular, you often end up in very technocratic dialogues or discussions, rather than zooming out and, and looking at the why. Why, what's the purpose of this transformation? How it contributes to life and uh, value that can be distributed to so much further. But uh, looking at the, the only, simply the technocratic solutions makes maybe the emotional part uh, lacking. So uh, I think there's a lot of more energy in the transformation if we can take both the why, the reasons, the purpose for it, but also the solutions in, in technical terms. So bringing purpose to work in a daily operations is really important. Not only having them on a PowerPoint uh, to present to shareholders or whatever, but rather bringing the values and the purpose of being in business into the daily operations and then being uncompromising. And that needs to start with me as a CEO to commit to the goals that we've set and have an un uncompromising commitment to reaching those goals rather than compromising on the way. I, I see a lot more of, of that than I would hope for. And connecting to COP26 then, I, I hope for the best, but it, to be a leader today in business, I think that we have to see that regulations is something that we hope for, but we cannot wait for that. We have to just move ahead and implement those solutions that are around. And in our case, in apparel, there's solutions that have been around for two decades that are still not implemented, although they could have been. So in that sense, yeah, I, I could only encourage that companies move ahead further and faster and collaboratively in order to reach the goals that we can reach. 
Thank you, Ava. Very inspiring, and I can only hope that uh, more people will follow your example. I remember the word uncompromising. I remember the word leadership, and I thank you for your leadership. And maybe just start here for now with the first question to um, Clara de la Torre. So if we can bring Clara back, and if I can put her a little bit on the spot. <laughs> um, you talked about qualities such as compassion and care. And, you know, I think when people are listening to this, they may have questions about how do these qualities come to life in a big institution and a power play such as the European Commission? Can you say a little bit about that and how does one cultivate these kind of qualities? Thank you, Jeroen. In, uh, in the European Commission, we are, we are also human beings and we are also citizens. And we, these qualities, empathy, compassion, are very human qualities, very universal as well. Huh? We are in a multicultural environment. And I see that these are being put more explicitly in our everyday work. These used to be called um, soft skills. And I like very much uh, Professor Mamsel's distinct uh, expression of transformational, I think she called transformational qualities. And they are coming more and more to the forefront because they are as necessary as other qualities that are also necessary, technical qualities, capacity of judgment and all this. But we need, in, in complex organizations like ours, we need this, this, this human characteristics, these human values to come to the forefront. They are, they are part of the, of, the, of the recipe of what a good leader, a good manager is. And I see more and more there are networks being developed in the commission to reinforce these qualities and to, to acknowledge them as assets of the officials. And there is also an important, an, another dimension which is present in all our policies because they are at the root of the European Union project, which is solidarity and fairness. And these are values that are embedded in our policies and that we, we also try to promote as much as we can to each of us as civil servants and those of us that are managing even, even further. So we are humans in the European Commission, and we try to cultivate this uh, So much, and I'm, I'm glad to hear uh, you are human, and uh, I really appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe a question for um, Eva Carlson then. Um, you have been CEO since 2001. You've been working in this field for a long time, but maybe you can advise uh, business leaders or perhaps young change makers, young entrepreneurs, what they should do to move from this idea of circularity, this idea of moving to climate neutrality, to action. What advice can you give if the people around you in your organization are not so convinced as perhaps you might be? The, those days uh, I have experienced for sure when there was very little interest uh, for what we were doing. Uh, and now it's quite different, which gives me hope, of course. But um, uh, commenting on complexity and, and I think embracing complexity. Uh, we cannot try to simplify things to the point where it not, no longer um, becomes true or, 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 or meaningful. We have to embrace complexity such as the planetary boundaries. But I think in my case, we as an organization needs to stay curious and we, we need to open open 
our network and learn from many others while companies uh, historically have been very closed and uh, secretive collaboration is going to be essential really and curiosity lets us evolve both as individuals but also as teams and organizations and companies so uh, our our collaboration, for instance, with the Stockholm Resilience Center and the Planetary Boundaries is one example of moving to, into another entirely different field, but finding knowledge, but also perspectives, which in, allows us to be more creative in finding new solutions. So curiosity, I think, is extremely important. And then uh, being bold. There's very, li very little room for stalling and there's very little room for compromise now. Uh, so we have to be bold. Uh, and that's what I uh, love with the youth movement of today, that they are idealists. And as we grow up and grow old and, and try to be adults, maybe we lose some of that and, and we truly need it now. And that, make, that then ends up as being uncompromising. We, we cannot compromise. We have to find the solutions. And there's so many reasons to, or arguments you could find that enables you as a CEO to stall, to postpone, to, to shift, uh, or, or, or only look at one particular area uh, instead of the whole. But we cannot. We need to be uncompromising now. And it, there's a lot of opportunity there in, as well. It's not only hard work, it's fantastic opportunity because it allows us and makes us, or forces us rather, to be creative in new ways. So there's, back to this mind shift, um, we can shift a lot of things but we are stuck in the old ways of thinking. Uh, so that's the huge opportunity for business, I think. Thank you. Uh, I remember being bold. I remember being brave. And, and I hope the leaders uh, that are listening, the change makers, everyone who's listening is taking that to heart. We're approaching the final days of COP26. And I hope uh, these messages will help to bring the attention, not just to these outside factors, but also to the human dimension and what is needed to engage with people and to bring people along I think, again, so our panelists demonstrated the importance of leadership qualities to help us from move from words to action. And I think this is something that I think we all need to and can work on. Panelists also reminded us that we need to have an open mind to overcome our outward differences and recognize our common nature and that collaboration is possible for a better future. With this conclusion from Jeroen, we'd like to express our gratitude to our three panelists for their inspiring contributions. Thank you to Professor Christine Wamsler from Lund University, Clara Della Torre from the European Commission, and Eva Carlsen from Houdini. Listening to the panel, I feel that now it is more important than ever to not wait for policies and paradigms to change, but actually to step into action and lead the way. To reflect on the panel, I invite you to contemplate together with me on the question that was asked by Mayak Inc. during the COP26 event in the session chat, but which did not make it into the live stream due to time constraints. If transformation means we will have to change our culture and we change the paradigm of separation to interbeing, what is the number one value 
that is most important to you. Please also join us in the part two of this episode, where we explore together with Eva Carlson more in detail which leadership qualities are needed most now within the company on the way towards sustainability. If you like to start a dialogue or support the Inner Green Deal, please reach out to us via the show notes. Thank you for being with us on the journey to an Inner Green Deal.